Hey, Koki, can you believe this? Can you believe the noise? The noise with some of these people. You know, we go to auditions all day long. Today we did two. We did, what is that? What is that? Ringling Brothers and Bonham and Who Buffung? You, you know what, Wappy? I don't want to go back to doing kids' parties for gigs. It's pushing dope. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have to do a line of my powder because you know it's, you know, Peruvian gold blue. <laughs> and then we go to that, that one Circus Vargas. I, don't, I, I have no idea what it's called. But the point is, listen, we, we go do these auditions, and what happens? Nothing. Not even a callback. The disrespect. The disrespect, my friend. Here's what gets to me the most. Here comes the director of the freaking circus. He says, hey, what's your what's your name? You go, I'm Koki the Clown. He says to me, what's your name? I'm Wapo. And he goes, what? Because you're a good looking, you know, El Wapo. No, I said Wapo. W-O-P-O. You know, a WAP. I'm a freaking WAP. You know, I'm telling you, we got to go back to a time where everybody was equal. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think we got a trial run and we're going to be doing some kind of a shenanigans at the 50th anniversary of all the clowns back over in Reno. Hey, Wapo. Those people over there just looking at us. What are you looking at over there? Hey, put your window up. Roll it up. I got a nice pick in my backseat right here. Here's what the director of Circus Vargas told me. What do you do for the kids? And I said, look, I do all kinds of balloon animals. All right? I do jaguars. You know, I do rhinoceros. And that's it. But what I do, my speciality, my speciality, the kids love them. I do guns. I do grenades. I do AK-47s. You know, that's not real popular today anyway. But, you know, hey, what are you going to do? That is... And he didn't want me. He didn't want me. He said, no, we don't do that kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> he goes and tells me. He goes, okay, Koki, what kind of tricks do you do? And I go, I'm a magician. And he goes, you're a magician? That's what I said. I'm a magician. I make things disappear. He goes, what can you make disappear? I make grams disappear. Pounds, kilos, ounces, whatever you want to make magically gone. <laughs> and you know what he told me, Wapo? He told me, get back to the brick. 80s. You guys is a couple of hack, whack, ex-cons. You know what I told him? You better not catch Wapo in the cell at night. And that reminds me, hey, Koki, you and me, right now, let's go hit them circuses back to the 80s. Let's go screw these mo- Commercials, bad. Music, good. Now, with zero commercials. Please help support and send your donation today. We are going back to the 80s.
right, that was Uh Oh by John Sells. You're listening to Back to the 80s. John Sells' debut 45 with Uh Oh. The red vinyl 45 has proven to be one of the most collectible and popular records from the Colorado late 70s New Wave era. And their debut single was released in the summer of 79. A big thanks to Forcefield Studios and Catherine Levine, the creative director. are listening to Back to the 80s Radio, soon launching on K-Hits 92.5 online and around the world. This is the show that brings back the 80s to a whole new generation. We're reminiscing on the memories that made that generation so awesome. We're here every single Friday, and I want to keep reminding you to like our Facebook page, drop us a note, and let us know what topics from the 80s that you want to hear. The other thing that, of course... Myself and Chang are going to ask that you subscribe to our show and leave us a comment on whatever platform you listen to, because it really does help us out. Today, thank you for joining us as we finish up our cruise around the 80s of rock and metal. We're going to be talking about the most popular bands that were responsible for so many 80s and 90s babies being born. Now with me today, as he is every single Friday, is a man... That was seen secretly entering the White House when Ronald Reagan was gone and Nancy was left all alone. His collection of spandex rivals those of Brett Michaels and Poison and Nikki Six during the Girls, Girls, Girls tours of 1987. We here at Back to the 80s call him the Chang. Hello, everybody. It is I, the Chang, the legend in my own mind. Other Friday rendition of Back to the 80s, besides my favorite Italian, besides Chef Boyardee, Tusky, Toscano. How the hell is everybody out there? The 80s rock revolution. That's what we're talking about today. And if you just joined us, you have missed two shows that have been incredible for us because we have learned a lot. I particularly learned a lot because I learned that Chang is a hater even more than I already knew he was a hater. Oh. You know, you are also a hater, is he? No, I am not that much of a hater. And no. you got to admit, you're much more of a hater than me. Now, wait a minute, me. wait a minute here. I hate the B-52s, but that's pretty I'm much it. I'm not a Catholic priest behind in a little booth with a scarf in front where you can lie and make up stories just so you can go sit in your Mary Beth in Pew 19. I know you are a hater. You hate just like me. No, I, I, there's a couple more bands that, that I don't really care for, but I don't you hate see? them. There. You're well, yes, Slayer. Hey, yeah, that's taking a little, a little bit overboard for me. This show, this is what makes it great about the show, and what makes it great, yes, about all '80s fans is that we all have our opinion, we all have our different tastes in music. And here's what was fantastic about the '80s: there was so much variety. The '80s proved to be a massive rock domination time. You know, it was hair metal, glam rock new wave that was opening doors for for a bunch of new artists to come and and also providing inspiration for those acts that were already established you know bringing technology into the scene with digital synthesizers programmable drum machines sequencers it all became a commonplace 80s rock 80s metal there was just so much of it and it was all different everything was different yes 
now Toscano, we you know not only metal but rock and roll at its whole monster back in the eighties kind of branched off like a tree, a plant, a weed. It rooted all over and sprouted out in different looks. Uh, you had uh, rock and roll, uh, you know, bands like were categorized as metal, such as Rush, Triumph, Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, to where if you break it down to the essence, their pure rock and roll, such as The Who, The Beatles, uh, The Rolling Stones, you know, they're not metal at all. They just have the big bang and the big sound. Ario Speedwagon, Sticks, Rush. Rush had such a powerful sound in the 80s, but not metal, uh, not uh, cerebral rock, but a rock and roll that's going to kick your ass. You had Dire Straits. Your favorites, like uh, Poison themselves, which are your darn favorites. Well, that's glam metal, <laughs> uh, wussy metal. Uh, oh, who? Did I say that? Yeah. The, the, yeah, the 80s were filled with so much variety, and that's what makes this decade so awesome for so many generations to come. Like I mentioned many times in different programs, 80s music, 80s rock, even 80s metal, you can still hear it in new movies of today. Uh, the one that rings probably the, the loudest in my ear is from the movies Iron Man. They're playing Black Sabbath from the 70s. Yes. That's why I'm saying this is music that formed generations. It's also turned, uh, I believe, like uh, the children to uh, listening to rock and roll, opening their ears to rock and roll. Marvel has a great job incorporating old rock from the 80s and the 70s into their movies that coincide with the action going on, which is great because it does bring back the nostalgia. You'll see kids now with Black Sabbath shirts you would have never seen before in our era. You know, my parents would have never, ever let me wear a Black Sabbath shirt. But Mama Chang did allow me to wear a Beatles and a Hendrix shirt under my Catholic white shirts when I went to Catholic school, probably at the age of nine and up. No, it was it was just it was phenomenal. I'm going to I'm going to show you something right now. So I called my son in my 17 year old son, Daniel, who is going to show you through the camera here his newest acquisition to his closet. Yeah, we went to the mall for the first time in a long time and we decided to go to one of the malls that my parents used to take me in the 80s and it's situated in Orange County and it's called the Brea Mall. So we went to the Brea Mall and we happened to drop by Spencer's. My son bought 1981 tour of Journey shirts. So now he's on the uh, Neil Sean experience. Uh, Neil Sean uh, came about with Journey uh, from Santana. That's why he was very excited to find a Journey shirt with the year 1981 tour printed on it. So, and it's exciting as a dad because, you know, Parents nowadays, they'll listen to their kids call their music, you know, the parents' music, old, and kind of insult our music. And I'm just very fortunate that uh, they decided on their own, we didn't make them, uh, you know, listen to, to 80s music. Matter of fact, that they were listening to a little bit of Night Ranger, and one of uh, your buddies posted on Facebook that uh, to, to mention Night Ranger, which is formed in 1979 in San, Fr San Francisco. They had some really great hits, like You Can Still Rock in America, Sing Me Away, Goodbye When You Close Your Eyes. 
So all sister the way Christian. from yo, Sister Christian, uh, from 1983 on, I mean, what a great band, Night Ranger. Yeah, I remember uh, checking that band out, man, when they came to L.A., and I tripped out on the lead singer. He was like maybe the size of maybe like a 13-year-old teenager. The guy could wail it, man. You know, they were a pretty cool band, you know. I think my favorite track of that band was Sister Christian. And and that's the the probably the most popular song that they play on radio today from that band. Now, Toscano, I got to ask you, as we dive into this era of rock and roll, just as we skip away from metal, I've got to put it out for Van Halen and Aerosmith. Probably two of my favorite or two of the best hard rock and non-metal bands of the 80s. Uh, both of them had multiple albums put out in the 80s. Both of them had dynamic, all multi-talented members of each band. Every album, who could top that that type of a plateau back then? Let's take, for example, Aerosmith. Oh my gosh, go, let's go back to about 1982 with uh, Rock in a Hard Place. I mean, the original, the, the original fivesome, all right? They reunited a couple of years later or a few years later for a tour in 1985, which was pretty much underappreciated with uh, done with mirrors. Unfortunately, it wasn't until all the way two years later, 1987, with permanent vacation that they became once again those mega superstars. And then obviously in 1989 with a follow-up album, Pump. Yeah, Aerosmith is a, is a trippy band. You know, they had their inner uh, problems. Uh, they separated for a while. I believe they made an album without Steven Tyler. Other bands, I think, in, in the 80s that brought that powerhouse, bands like Rush, a band out of Canada, three-piece. Which, by the way, I think, in my opinion, bro, don't you even. Know, you Rich, remember we talk about being a hater? Are you ready yeah, for? Yeah, are you ready Rich, for some hate on my behalf? Yeah, Rich, I'm a Rich hater. I think Rush is overrated. But hold on, hold on, hold your thought, hold your Man. thought. Let me let me mention something about Van Halen because I love Van Halen. All right, they dominated throughout the '80s, right? And between '80 80 and '88, Van Halen released no less than six different multi-platinum albums. Not only that, but they did it with two different lead singers, David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar in 1985. Now, if, if I would have been able to finish my... This, well, you got my, ahead. You start talking about the under the overrated band Rush. Whoa. I just pissed off a lot I of people. I can't believe you're a hater of Rush. Oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of people going, <laughs> you know what? Screw that guy. What else is he going to say? Yeah. Yeah, well. How about the band Triumph? Now, I saw Triumph play at the Us Festival on the Metal Day. But to me, Triumph was not at all metal. Right. To me, they were like, uh, they were like, Rush. yes, hate some more. No, because Triumph, I like their sound better. I like the, 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 the lead singer's vocals much better. And they, plus, they're Canadian. What's not to like? That's true. They, you know, the what's funny is they call ham bacon. I'll just leave that there. I mean, these bands had a lot of work done in the seventies, so they're you know it's like a seventies eighties band rather than a full blown formed in the eighties and uh, kind of died in the eighties too. You know, you have bands like Sticks, Queen. 
What are you going to say about Queen's music in the 80s? They are a band from the 70s, but they transcended, just like David Bowie, transcended into a different style, a different sound in the 80s. So did Queen. So Yeah, but Queen, see, you're talking about these bands like, for example, Queen. Let's take Queen. Queen is probably my number two band ever, okay? Number okay. two most favorite band. I yeah. love every single song. Every single song that Queen has, I like. Yeah, Everyone, their music is just—it's transcendent. Their music goes beyond years. So it was ahead of its time back then. And the funny thing with Queen is their music is ahead of its time now. If that may even makes sense. I was just going to—I was just going to add that before you—you you, uh, stated that. And you hit it before I could, so I commend you. You're listening to Back to the 80s. This is Toscano from Toscano and Jay. We'll be right back. Don't go away. There's more hating on the way back. Hey, my pals, Toscano and Chang went to school in the 80s, and that was cool. But now they're going back. That's right. And you can tag along with Back to the 80s Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, put your mind at ease. Chang is here to please. That was the ever so great rush with spirit of radio. You are back on the attack with Toscano and Chang. Back to the 80s. Toscano, did you feel, did you feel that powerful musical pounding and energy in your ears as you listen to the great three-piece rest in peace, Neil P. Hark? professor of the drums of rush i know you felt it you know every time i hear i i this is what i felt i felt cerebral fluid coming out of my ears <laughs> as my ears started bleeding because i can't stand rush and it's like you know here's here's my best example Whoa. of how when i listen to rush oh how it sounds like to me just picture in your mind all the demonic forces of hell Getting drunk and vomiting at once, eating up their regurgitation, and vomiting up all at once one more time. Holy that shit, doesn't serious? even compare of what I think of Rush. <laughs> oh, my God. And this coming from a man that would light a big lighter at a Cure concert if he oh, rode out yes. on a tricycle. That's right. Eating up like saw. <laughs> like so. Huh. This from a man that yeah. thinks Kip Winger yes. can play guitar. 
This from a man that thinks Listen. that Do- <laughs> the greatest band of all time is uh, Poison. No, not Poison. It's U2. Oh, that's right, U2. Now, there's another band uh, of rock and roll essence and rock and roll royalty. U2 created great music in the 80s. I love them. For example, Journey. Journey's a band that started in the 70s, and they went on in the 80s, and I love Journey. They changed uh, 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 vocals. They changed lead singers. So, of course, they became somewhat of a different band. You could say the same of Black Sabbath. Once Ozzy left, Ozzy was known for the 70s intro to metal of Black Sabbath. Ronnie James Dio, previously of Elf, Rainbow, came in, took him to a heavy metal experience above and beyond blues metal, but kind of a cathedral metal. Then he later on went into Dio, which it transcended into what is metal, kind of the encyclopedia, the tattoo on metal. So, of course, Journey, with a great lyricist as Steve Perry, they became epically known. The bad thing, Jonathan Cain playing a keyboard like a guitar that was gay. Oh, my gosh. And there it is. I knew it was coming out. From around the world, or at least this following band gets the most votes of being the greatest band of the 80s. Now, I'm going to mention this band to you. Once again, I don't really agree, but in a way, in a way, I can understand where they're coming from. All right, here we go. It's an American band, all right? They rocketed to the front of the pack largely on the strength of just one studio album. Appetite for Destruction. Singer, pansy ass, throw a cigarette at my Chuck Taylor jerk off. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I'm talking about none other than Guns N' Roses. And uh, of course, 1988 was their biggest year. Have you seen Axl Rose? Somebody on one of the 80s uh, fan clubs or groups on Facebook posted a picture of Axl Rose next to the old lady from Throw Mama Off the Train. I, You know what? Honestly, I'm not lying. I did not know it was Axl Rose. I literally thought it was just some poor old lady. I had no idea it was Axl Rose. So I just I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I'm man. not one to mock on aging process in any way to anyone, but uh, Axl Rose, I believe, was so full of himself and so unappreciative at a certain time of his uh, wealth, his fans. Kind of his duty as a rock and roll singer, role model to maybe some then, uh, as the way he looks now is because of his self-loathing and his ego 
ate up his soul. So when you're ugly on the inside and pretending to be something on the outside, it's like John Lennon said, instant karma is going to get you. All right. So here's another bet I'm going to surprise you with because a lot of people, you will not consider it probably, it's of course not metal, but it, it is rock. Uh, it's a Swedish band that was formed in 1979 as well. The main vocalist, Joey Tempest, the guitarist, Joe Norum, bass guitarist, Peter Olsen, and the drummer, Tony Reno. Now, this band, by 1982, that was their major breakthrough because this band came up with a song that is played all over the world, and they had many number one hits, including Carrie and including The Final Countdown. None other than... Europe. You know what I thought? That's the whole reason I'll never visit Europe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the great band. I had to bring him up. Look, if you brought up <laughs> Billy Squire, I, I, I was going right? to. He's a rock musician. Arena arena rock, power ballads, you know, that type of hit. Uh, but his, what is he best known for what? The song, The Stroke, 1981? Uh, Don't Say No? Stroke, yeah. yeah. Stroke me, stroke me. Yeah. <laughs> you got a number boy. Anyway, yeah. you know that Christmas song that was done with all the metal bands? Oh, yes. I remember, yeah, it was like, Christmas is the time you say I love you. <laughs> And he and he did have he did have quite a head of hair, didn't he? Yeah, he did have some nice hair. I could see he, he reminded me of uh, what was the uh, the Queen's guitarist? Oh, Brian May. Yeah, Brian. He reminded me of Brian May's hair. Uh, he had hair to me that reminded me of Elizabeth Shue. I will just put that out there. Uh, now, how about if I bring up this band from the eighties, the Pretenders? They're not new wave categorized as new wave but not ass kicking solid rock and roll in your face another great band heart evolved like what i think 78 79 then into the 80s but then the 80s they kind of slipped into to both of them look like really hot metal chicks like dressed like queens and they got really soft tempoed you know so in the 80s they kind of like they were getting played on Kiss FM in Southern California. Well, look at four-time Grammy-winning, six-time platinum, four gold albums, Pat Benatar, you know? Uh, Heartbreaker, Fire and Ice, Treat Me Right, you know, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, Hell Is For Children, Shadows of the Night, Dude. I mean, and then the list goes on and on and on. You know what? They were a powerhouse, bro. And you know what's crazy? They were a married couple. So I think that added to their uh, intellect and their their feeding off each other and, and and knowing each other too. They could just like create a powerhouse. I mean, Neil Giraldo, her husband, and, and Pat Benatar, totally badass through the '80s. They opened the door for a lot of yep. uh, pretty much badass chicks that would evolve. Joan Jett, another rock and roll chick, not metal, but from the Runaways. You know, she came yeah. out bold and strong in the 80s. You know, another great band uh, we talked about, remember, Missing Persons. 
they were kind of voted in as new wave but remember that other band that was kind of new wave but not the motels a powerhouse rock band back into the and 80s. also what about another band formed in 1976 in the uk and that's foreigner oh dude yeah Foreigner was a great band. And here's one of the great things that I love from not only Foreigner, but there's many bands like them that they still maintain that same sound. Their frontman can still reach those notes, man. I, I, I really enjoy their, their music. Here's another band, brother, that uh, started in the 70s, Pink Floyd. Oh. Hey, Even long after uh, where David Gilmore took the vocals when Roger Waters departed uh, Pink Floyd to go on his own. And then to stand to be corrected, in the later 80s, you had Roger Waters out there performing and you had Pink Floyd with uh, David Gilmore lead singing at Pink Floyd uh, at, at the same time. So there's another band that tra transcended with both vocalist in the 80s at different times. Yep, and you know one of uh, Pink Floyd's songs Another Brick in the Wall became twice or three times as more popular in the 80s as well because of MTV. Yes, I remember uh, going to uh, the walk-in theater and watching The Wall uh, back in the 80s. I'd go to La Puente and go to the uh, theater there, you know what I mean? And like 12 o'clock, party out in the parking lot was kind of like a, a party zone, like you were at a concert, a tailgate party of a sporting event. People would be getting together, cranking on music, uh, hanging out in mini trucks, pumping kegs, and waiting for the midnight show. You go in there and check out the wall. Uh, so the 80s, we had uh, Bruce Springsteen. He evolved in the 80s. It's another different type of rock and roll. Uh, you know, that that uh, took us to another uh, different element, a different path in rock, my brother. Yeah, and, and what about uh, the English hard rock band founded by David Coverdale? You know, he David Coverdale, formerly of Deep Purple, who is uh, White, White Snake. That's another band, bro, that I tripped out. They got categorized as glam metal. But, uh, yeah, they looked it for the video, but that was a band that I didn't think was glam metal i put them more of a uh, uh more of a ballad softer more of a emotional cerebral rock and roll anytime you utilize great vocal range and uh, you bring it in with uh, uh type bluesy rock or melodic type sounds with keyboards you kind of evolve into something else you could go to the grounds of cerebral rock 
similar to where Pink Floyd touched, but it, it's in its own essence of a rock, which I thought was kind of cheap to put it in glam metal, only because the way they changed their look and their fashion to be played on TV. And you know what, Cenk, for those of you who are interested and love White Snake, in 2020, they released the rock album. You know, remixed, remastered versions of their best rock songs. They released CD, and here's the best part for all who love vinyl. It was released on a white vinyl on June 19th of, of 2020. So you can you can reach out and catch the vinyl, catch the CD of White Snake. Go out, go out and do it. Maintain the rock alive. This is Back to the 80s. We're talking about rock, metal, and everything across the board. We're going to be right back. And we're going to continue the madness of Toscano and Chang. Who knows? You might even hear a hater or two. You're listening to Back to the 80s. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. You're listening to Back to the 80s, Toscano from Toscano and Chang, and that was Starship with We Built This oh, City. Man. Now, Chang, and for those of you who don't know, that Starship is it is the name of more than one artist, believe it or not. All right? Oh. It's a rock pop band. It's a trans act, UK power pop, and a tech house group, believe it or not. And... Also, a 70s rock band with Mickey Dolenz. But the band we're talking about here is, of course, the band that comes out with two of the most famous songs and most played songs, which is We Built This City and Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Personally, I like a song called Sarah. Which song do you like, Chang? Man, now, now wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. You have to listen to me. This is going to get brutal. It goes oh, against everything. Why is that? You Christianly believe in that I should not mm. say about anybody. Wow. No, wait. So you don't no, like well, Mickey Thomas. I just played it because this is what people have been requesting as well, to hear a little bit of us mentioning the bands. And, you know, we have to mention them no, all. No, I here. agree. We will mention every band that we can 
in the time frame that we are here at Back to the 80s. But every now and then, one of us is going to throw a band out that's going to get under our skin, kind of like scathies, kind of like eczema. Now, this band... Oh, my God, this band. So let's move on, and I'll mention another band right now that I know you're going to like. They were formed in L.A., the city that we, of course, belong to, Los Angeles. And they obviously, well, they were formed in 1978, and they had uh, some some good hits, and particularly one, but the band I'm talking about. Now, wait a minute. I don't like the way you say some good I already hits. started it, huh? You, you say that. You say that like a Caucasian Here we go. driving through The, the song I'm Watts. thinking that became their most famous hit is Once Bitten, Twice Shy. And I'm talking about none other than Great White. Now, Great White, bro, great band, I thought, back in the 80s. I remember listening to them, you know what I mean, KNAC. They really got huge on KNAC, but uh, they got their notoriety late on Kill OS uh, when Kill OS was banging in the 80s with uh, uh, their metal uh, show that they were playing. I think it was at 10 o'clock to maybe 1, maybe 2 o'clock, I remember, if I remember right. But Great White was a band that they kind of uh, said was similar to Zebra in the 80s. Uh, going to be the next Led Zeppelin sounding group. Now Jack Russell, you know, just like every band in the 80s went through their own crap. You know, dope, alcohol, egos got in the way. So half of the members bailed somewhere yeah. else. He bailed somewhere else. You know, he got booted out. Oh, legal Legalities get into it. So both uh, both parties, sure. both uh, similar, both parties of the creators of that band got the rights and carried that band into their own. But I thought Great White was not a metal band, not a glam band, but a rock and roll band. And I just think because of the drugs, alcohol, and egos, kind of screwed them up. So they really got notoriety. Nice one for you. That's like me and you going to a a racquetball. Uh, game right there and you threw that son of a gun right off the back wall the left wall and the ceiling at me and I had to try to counter and I barely got it over the line on you nice you, you did you did and you weren't out of bounds you were in bounds all right so what about Eddie Money talk to me about Eddie Money because Eddie Money was you know here's a guy that one of the guys with his band that became huge because of MTV well, that's because he had that hot chick that, good Lord, when I seen her, I was like, man, if I would have met that chick on on uh, cruising night on Whittier Boulevard on Sunday night back in the days in Islos, man, I would have been chewing on that homegirl's neck all night. She's the one on the video that made that cat that cash. Eddie Money on that video looked like he had a... a, a, a he had a seizure. If he doesn't stop shaking, but the chick on the video, that... That chick was like old school. 
Correct. We remember. And, you know, speaking of Eddie Money, though, I preferred, instead of Take Me Home Tonight, I preferred Two Tickets to Paradise from him. I prefer not hearing him at all. Yeah, I bet you did. All right. I'm going to hit you with a band that I know for a fact that you will like and that you have nothing but good things to say of this band, The Eagles. Oh, that's a great band right there. That is probably one of the greatest rock and roll bands in pure essence at every form and sound that a rock and roll band could create would be the Eagles. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes they touch the bounds of country, which is like, nah, if I was drinking beer, I could get into it. But other than that, it was like, nah, I don't want to hear a country. But they can go into hard rock. They can go to... Uh, Kind of that down-home kind of feeling, uh, kind of inspirational, uh, hard-driving, low-key kind of rock and roll. Then they could come out with, you know, Hotel California and make you feel SoCal all the way, you know what I mean? Similar to that would have probably been Chicago, two different eras, two different singers, Two different uh, catastrophic sounds that move people. Uh, uh, speaking of Chicago, I gotta, I gotta ask you because you and me, I, I like both Chicago's seventies and eighties. I love, I love Peter Cetera, but you don't seem to uh, quite share that t- same taste with me. Peter Cetera took over in the Chicago group, came out pretty cool throughout the early eighties, mid eighties. But when he went solo, the content and the emotion of his music changed from what he was doing background or sidestep with Chicago. Even as he took over early Chicago, the first two albums where it was still sounding Chicago-ish with uh, different types of uh, storylines to their lyrics as opposed to where he took off in the 80s and he went love stream with uh, more of that if you're in LA you're like hey everybody you're listening to Mark and Kim with love songs and to me now when when Peter Cetera took Chicago to sound like something in the elevator I started sweating and panicking because I knew even though I wasn't going for a job interview I was fired so Peter Cetera, to me, reminds me of sucky elevator music. There, I said it. I said it. This is back to the 80s. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we've got Changries. I thought that was a Changries. we're going to wind this thing down as we continue with rock, metal, and Peter Cetera. What I want to know is, why are the only funny lines on this show the ones behind me? Hello, this is the doctor speaking. I detect a large amount of social media usage in your life. And hence, I am recommending you go back to the 80s. Welcome back to the 80s. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang. This is the part of the show where we talk about what made us angry back in the 1980s. But in honor of the most wondrous, the most notorious Chang, we've changed the name and now call them Changries. So, Chang, what made you Changri back in the 1980s? 
You know what got me angry back in the 1980s being on Sunset Strip when some jackass flicks his cigarettes at your brand new Chuck Taylors? You know what got me angry back in the 80s, Toscano, when the Trojans would rip? Ah, you mean the, the, the team, the USC team. Got it, yeah. This has been this week's Chancreets. If you have something that drove you nuts, made you angry back in the 80s, and you want to write to Chang and let him know that you want him to read your Changri on the air, go ahead and hit up our Facebook, send us a message, and we'll be darn sure to read your Changri on our future show. Damn straight, don't be afraid. Hey, if you listen to rock and roll radio in the 80s, then listen to this. Toscano and Chang, they will transport you back in time, back to the 80s. We're back. This is back to the 80s. You know, Chang, I want to do something for everybody because there's a lot of younger people listening to our show, both younger millennials, millennials that didn't get a chance, but just to hear from their parents what it was like to hang out, to be a part of the rock scene. So I want you guys listening for a, for a little bit. For a little while, I want you to take a, a ride with me and Chang. And we're going to go back to the 80s, at least in our mind right now. And I'm going to paint the picture briefly. And Chang's going to be the master mind of this, the master painter of this scene. The Bob Ross. So here's the scene. And I'm going to tell you the year, 1984. We're going to your choice, Chang, either Sunset or Hollywood Boulevard. Because there's a few bands that are going to be playing. And I want you to tell us what it was like or what it would be like to go see these bands. All right? Here we go. Opening up, there are three bands total. The first two are going to be playing some sets. The first group is Motorhead. And then they're going to ease it down. They're going to tone it down. As soon as Motorhead stops, Motley Crue is going to come in. And then when Motley Crue leaves, they're going to bring it in for the star of the night. And of course, it's Van Halen. So I want you to paint that picture for me. Where do you want to take us? Hollywood Boulevard or the Sunset Strip? And where? Let's stick with Sunset Boulevard. And let me describe all three bands because I did go see all three bands in that time frame. Now, going to a Motorhead gig is kind of priming yourself to get into a fight right? into an alley. Oh, we should fix that. We are Motorhead! And we play rock and roll! Full throttle with adrenaline pumping. Testosterone is flowing. Uh, if you're a female going to a motorhead gig, you've got balls of steel. You're the type of girl that's going to steal a bottle of alcohol from a liquor store. The smell of a motorhead gig is of this of leather, alcohol, cigarettes, perfume, guys cologne, the scent of a little bit of weed, uh, the occasional whiff of a urinal when the door gets open a little bit too long because the, the spring on the door 
is jacked up. It's a small place. The only ventilation is that of when the front door opens and the back door to where the bouncer sits to allow you to go in and outside to smoke a cigarette, go get something out of your car, and then come back in the front and show your stamp. Your drink's getting spilled. Uh, you're up on a table, nobody's sitting. Uh, your table's getting moved. It's time to get in the pit so you're you're thrashing with people. That would be a motorhead gig in 84 on Sunset. And how much how how much was uh how much was the entrance fee you think back then going to see these bands? You know, back then you can go to a gig for maybe like 15 to 20 bucks depending they were where they were playing. You know what I mean? Maybe 25 bucks. A lot of times you had to go wait for music outlets to open up and sell tickets. So, you know, back then you didn't pay over 30 bucks for a ticket, depending on the venue. So unlike today, where it's two, three, four, five, even $600 a ticket. Yeah, yeah, there was no way back then it was like that. You know, because they catered to the young mind, and they knew teenagers are either going to get money from their parents working... Uh, part-time jobs so now or motorhead just finished their their set there's a little break in between i'm sure what what goes on in this venue everybody takes a break to get some drinks to go to the bathroom to get whatever else done to go outside to get get a smoke paint us that picture and then you hear the sound of the announcement that it's motley crew Usually when they would do a gig like that, yeah, like you said, everybody uh, takes that brief moment to go do whatever they got to do, you know, get loaded, get loose, get some drinks, uh, air out, uh, flirt with somebody that caught your attention, you know what I mean, bring your table party into a bigger magnitude, you meet up with friends that during the gig couldn't get to where you're at, everybody kind of gathers up and groups up, you know, everybody's, you know, getting ready and you're all pumped up for the next band. Usually after that, uh, you know, the lights are out. You start seeing lights. You see things changing on stage. Uh, you start hearing hearing uh, the uh, intro of the other band as they're testing their equipment already sitting on. The lights kind of come on. People are starting to cheer. People are starting to get all crazy. All the attention's forward to the stage. You know, people are kind of a little bit more subdued in the transition of Motorhead to Motley Crue. So in the transition, everybody does that. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do to get settled. So when the next band comes out, you got Motley Crue coming out. So you're gonna see more of the chick radius grab it and, and transcend to the front of the venue. So you're gonna see a lot of hot metal chicks, a lot of leather, spandex, other kind of uh, promiscuous uh, outfits. So, yeah, Motley Crue would bring out the chicks in the forefront. Pretty dudes that were their boyfriends or that just dated them. People would pretty much be headbanging, standing, rather than in a pit. So it, w it would be a trip. You know, uh, the bathrooms were chaotic. You could open up the bathrooms 
and both of the bathrooms would open up and you smell aquanet, cologne, perfume. You know what I mean? You got both, you got like mountains of people standing in front of a freaking mirror playing with their hair. It, it was insane. Less cigarette, more sweetness in the air. If you can uh, dig that vibe. Oh, dig it. Completely dig it. Now there's the time. Here comes the time. Motley Crue just ended their last song. They go on another break. What happens on this transition before the main band comes on? And that is Van Halen. Now, usually uh, after a, uh, a gig with like Motley Crue, people would hook up. You know what I mean? You've got your scam for the night. Either both of you are going to get a room somewhere on the strip or you're going to hook up at, at somebody's pad or even rent a room somewhere on the strip, which is totally killer to do and a great memory. That would usually happen after a Motley Crew. You would see maybe some people that would not be of the Motorhead type or the Motley Crew type kind of fade out. You would see the later crowd rushing into the gig that was outside in line that came just to see VH. So you would see kind of an interchange of the atmosphere and the fan type and the fan looking that have come in. A triple threat of that band type with all three a band playing and catering to three different types of uh, rock and rollers. Van Halen would probably bring in some older cats party time, ass-kicking, hardcore, 70s, neighborhood party rock and roll, L.A. rock and roll, you know, the kind of rock and roll where, like, we're not going to take no crap from no pretty metalhead, we're not going to take no crap from somebody that got in the pit, you know, we come up from the old school, we're cruising in cars, we're picking up on chicks, we're looking the way we do, if you got a problem, that's Muhammad Ali it up. And you would probably have two different type chicks. Because I think any chick that would dig sex, sexiness in Motorhead and Motley Crue is definitely going to find sexiness in Alex Van Halen. You know, that badass drummer dude that hid behind the shades, cut up like Bruce Lee. You know what I mean? The wavy hair. Eddie Van Halen. Uh, Eddie Van Halen had the hair of the god, could play any... If Eddie Van Halen could play any woman like he did in guitar, Eddie Van Halen had to have at least 10,000 women. Right. Then right. with Diamond Dave, the, the magical, sensational uh, Frank Sinatra of martial arts and Malibu-looking Huntington Beach beach boy, ass-kicking uh, rock and roll L.A. street kind of dude, and then with Michael Anthony, Michael Anthony looked like the kind of guy that like lifted weights, played sports, rock and rolled hard, surfed, uh, built cars, boxed, uh, arm wrestled. So a Van Halen gig would be totally sexually geared up on one thing, hardcore, everybody's out for one thing, let's have a good time. It's gonna be pure, no holds barred, rock and roll beauty all american no leather none of the prettiness just rock and roll so that's how that night would end and that ladies and gentlemen is what the 80s was all about 
there were some that have those memories <laughs> and can describe it just like Chang did today. I want to thank you guys for joining us here at Back to the 80s. You're the reason why we do this. And I want you to join us back next Friday as we continue in one more, as we will call 4X of the rock, metal, and beyond. In the meantime, I want to wish you guys the best week. Have a fantastic time this weekend and be safe. And on behalf of Toscano, I love you all. All right, everybody. This is the Chang. Before I release you to another Changerific Changtastic weekend, I want you all to remember, always put a smile on your face. You can handle tomorrow just like you handle today. Stay lifted and gifted. Live every day like it's your last And if you ever need a smile, hit us, Toscano and Chang. Adios, arrivederci, sayonara, and to all my homies in the barrio, orale. Oh,